0: So this morning we're continuing our series, God Moves, and looking at how Jesus moved in the first century through the, the Gospel of Luke, and how Jesus and God continue to, to move into the 21st century here in our lives as well. We're going to try something a little bit different. It's kind of the theme of the morning, since we're sitting differently, we're eating differently, and, and feel free even now to, to go ahead and grab some food if you'd like. We're going to try a little different exercise this morning. We're going to dabble into some Ignatius spirituality. Ignatian spirituality is rooted in the conviction that God is active all around us, that that God is active and personal and above all present with us, and that God is constantly on the move in our lives. This type of spirituality came from Ignatius of Loyola. He was a Spaniard. In the 16th century, he spent most of his ministry, he came to faith while recovering from some battle injuries, and he ended up found founding the Jesuit community. You may be familiar with, you know, like in our area, Jesuit High School was founded by the Jesuit community, a branch of the Catholic Church. And the Jesuit community is a place where uh, brothers and sisters would live together in solitude and and contemplation. And contemplation to experience is used to experience where God is moving and how God is moving in one's life. But the Ignatians are a little bit different. They're usually called contemplatives in action. They don't simply put themselves in solitude just to study and to pray, and, but they, they do that and then they respond in action. They're often uh, they're reflective people with a rich, rich inner life who are deeply engaged in God's work in the world. They unite themselves with God by joining God's active labor to save and to heal the world. They have an active spiritual attitude and a way for everyone to seek and find God in their workplaces and homes and families and communities. So we're going to use one of their exercises today, and one of the prime ways that they will reflect on Scripture is by um, utilizing the Scripture and kind of meditating on the words that are being spoken. So we're going to do two passes through this this very familiar story, and I'm going to ask you this first time to just listen intently and, and see if you can connect more with one of the characters than another. And just see if you can find yourself in one of these characters. This is Luke 15, beginning in verse 11. This is the story of the prodigal son. Jesus said, a certain young man had two sons. The younger son said to his father, Father, give me my share of the inheritance. Then the father divided his estate between them. Soon afterward, the younger son gathered everything together and took a trip to a land far away. There he wasted his wealth through extravagant living. When he had used up his resources, a severe food shortage arose in that country, and he began to be in need. He hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. He longed to eat his fill from what the pigs ate, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have more than enough food, but I'm starving to death. I will get up and go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Take me on as one of your hired hands. So he got up and went to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was moved with compassion. His father ran to him, hugged him, and kissed him. And then his father, his son said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quickly, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Fetch the fattened calf and slaughter it. We must celebrate with feasting. Because the son of mine was dead and has come back to life. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his older son was in the field. Coming in from the field, he approached the house and heard music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked what was going on. The servant replied, Your brother has arrived, and your father has slaughtered the fattened calf because he received his son back safe and sound. Then the older son was furious and didn't want to enter in, but his father came out and begged him. He answered his father, Look, I've served you all these years, and I've never disobeyed your instruction. Yet you've never given me as much as a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when his son, the son of yours returned, after gobbling up your estate on prostitutes, you slaughtered the fattened calf for him. Then his father said, Son, you've always been with me, and everything I have is yours." But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother brother of yours was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So hopefully in that first reading you may have found some connection with one of the characters a little bit more than another. In this second pass, I'm going to ask you to really try to place yourself in the story, in that character. Perhaps close your eyes and and, and find out what are you seeing? What picture are you developing in your head of this passage? And what do you hear? What do you feel? What do you taste? What can you smell in the air of this passage? So, I invite you, however, you're most comfortable, perhaps closing your eyes, or if you'd like to continue to read on the screen, you can do that as well, and listen to the passage one more time. Jesus said, A certain man had two sons. The younger son said to his father, Father, give me my share of the inheritance. Then the father divided his estates between them. Soon afterward, the younger son gathered everything together and took a trip to a land far away. There he wasted his wealth through extravagant living. When he had used up his resources, a severe food shortage arose in that country, and he began to be in need. He hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into the fields to feed pigs. He longed to eat his fill from what the pigs ate, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired hands have more than enough food, but I'm starving to death. I will get up and I will go to my father and I'll say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Take me on as one of your hired hands. So he got up and he went to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was moved with compassion. His father ran to him, hugged him, and kissed him. And then his son said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quickly, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Fetch the fattened calf and slaughter it. We must celebrate with feasting because this son of mine was dead and has come back to life. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his older son was in the field Coming in from the field, he approached the house and heard music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked what was going on. The servant replied, Your brother, your brother has arrived and your father has slaughtered the fattened calf because he received his son back safe and sound. And then the older son was furious. He didn't want to enter in, but his father came out and begged him. And he answered his father, Look, I've served you all these years, and I've never disobeyed your instruction, yet you've never given me as much as a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when the son of yours returned, after gobbling up your estate on a prostitute's, you slaughtered the fattened calf for him. Then the father said, Son, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours, but we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. So where might you find yourself in that story, that parable that Jesus told? Maybe you're that younger son this morning, the younger son who we might represent when when we get lost trying to seek our own way, you know the younger son wanted to he wanted to be on his own, he wanted to be in charge, handle his things his own way and and do the things that he wanted to do you have you ever you ever felt that way before you've been there before yeah, like almost every day, right? We're looking for some land far away, maybe a place away from God or others. You know And often when we see that at the beginning, it looks really enticing and really inviting. So the, the young son, he got the money, and, he, and then he spent all the money. Well, he, he wasted all the money. And, he, and he's left with nothing, and he's living in squalor with pigs, which would have been the, the ultimate insult for a Jew would be to be tending pigs. Have you ever been there? You've gotten your wish and you've gotten to do things your way and you found yourself in a place far off that looked really great at the beginning but didn't end up being as good as you thought. And you're there and you're desperate and you're hungry and you're without any resources. finally the young son comes to his senses and you know it wasn't so bad at home my father cared for me and and even his servants are are better taken care of than I am now so I'm going to go back to him and, and try to become one of his servants so that I can at least eat and have shelter and then we have this this older son who may be representing us, like when when we get lost because we're so filled with ourselves. You know, look at us. We've followed all the rules. We've obeyed everything. We've done everything we're supposed to do. You know, look at me. This this older son is is filled with anger and jealousy. And I've done everything I'm supposed to do, Father. But but this jerk son of yours. He's done exactly the opposite. his older son he wants he wants judgment for his brother, not mercy. He wants his brother to get what he deserved, not what his father had in mind. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been been doing what you're supposed to do, and, and then someone else, you're doing all the work, but someone else gets gets the leg up or gets the grace in the situation. You're following the rules, and the rule breaker gets the advancement. The older son's like, well, "What's what's the big deal? This he was a goof off, and he just comes home because he doesn't. He's lost all your money. Why are we throwing a big party for that? Why are we celebrating that?" But the father, the father has a completely different outlook. And no matter where we might find ourselves in this story, the the father, our father, God is eagerly waiting for us to come to him. No matter if you find yourself in the in the character of the younger son or the character of the older son, the father is waiting for us. And you know the response to the younger son is quite extraordinary. Many of you, as parents, have experienced that kind of a prodigal child, or maybe you were that prodigal child. And I can just, as a parent, I haven't always had that reaction when my son or daughter has come home from times of lands far away. But this father's response is extraordinary. He's daily out there, daily watching for his son, and he sees him far off down the road, and where it said it's he's filled with compassion, and and he ran to him. Now, friends, first-century men in the Middle East didn't run; it was undignified. It's not something that they did. To do that, they would have to kind of gather up their robe and hike it up and tie it up to run, and that would expose your the lower half of your body, and. and that was undignified to do. They didn't run. So, but we were told that this father runs down this road because he's filled with compassion he, and he, he greets his son and he, he clothes him with a robe and, and puts this ring, this family ring that symbolizes his restoration as a son, not a servant. The younger son just wants to be a servant, but the, the father says, no, no, no. You're my child and then he threw him a great party. But I think the the response to the older son is equally as extraordinary. Different, but extraordinary still the same. That in spite of the older son's anger and bitterness and resentfulness and jealousy, the father continues to love him. Even when the older son doesn't want to enter into the party, and is outside refusing to go in, the father goes out to him still. And he says, in response to this older son, you know, everything I have is yours. You've been with me this entire time. Everything you want is here for you. I give it all to you. But your brother... Your brother made a different choice, but your brother suffered a great deal and is now back. And you've been with me this whole time and you didn't have to experience that suffering. But everything is still yours. So friends, wherever you find yourself in this story this morning... I want you to know that God longs to gather all his sons and daughters to God's self. Gather them all together, regardless if they went to a land far away at some point, or they've been right on the family estate the entire time. God longs to gather all God's children. In fact, that's why Jesus gave up his life just for that to save and to rescue and redeem us all. And in this Lenten season, as we are looking for where God is, is moving, where God has moved in the first century and beyond, and where God is moving in our lives now in the 21st century, we need to recognize that God is always constantly on the move. When we simply need to put ourselves in a position or a posture to be able to see where God is moving. So may we find places in our lives so like the Ignatian spiritualists, we can put ourselves in a posture where we can see and hear and feel and taste and smell where God is moving in our lives. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Amen.